You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, turn to Colossians 3. But while you're turning there, give me a recap of what we talked about last week. Nice. <laughs> quickly, quickly. What? Say with confidence. Alive in Jesus. Yeah, we are. Good. If you're lukewarm, get hot. If you're mild, get hot. Being rooted. Yeah, my plants. Huh? Colossians 3. What else? Don't be a dead plant. Take that out of context. Don't be a dead plant. That makes so much sense. Wow. Uh, Lord and Savior cannot be separated. Yeah? Huh? Yes, that is true. Listen, sir. Maybe keep them straight. If it doesn't glorify Jesus, it probably is a it's a, probably a false teaching. Yes. Yeah, forget about that one. Pretty important. Tonight we're going to be in Colossians three. Everybody with me tonight? Yes. Has your attention on Jesus? Yes. Good. If it's not, at least focus on my voice tonight. Okay? Because he's the one talking. Yeah. Cool. You guys believe that or? Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> Tonight I want to talk about putting on a new self. Yeah, that sounds weird. I know. But I want to talk about it. Here's the best way I can describe it. And if you, uh, hey, hey, if you get confused tonight, ask me a question, okay? If I lose you, tell me to slow down and say, hey, clarify. Yeah? Okay? Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. This is a house. It's not some church. Cool? <laughs> you can interrupt me. It's a house. It's the home. Uh, you guys feel at home? Yeah. You don't? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you want to pay rent? Is that what you said? Yes. I'm in. Come on. Yeah. On the fifth every month. Okay. I I take that. I take it. Okay. I don't get it. So, hey. So, putting on a new self. The best way I can kind of tie this up for you so that everything else makes sense is the way a really good fitting pair of jeans feels when you put them on. Oh, yeah. Kind of tight enough. You know... There is nothing like that feeling, correct? Yeah. What about a suit that you put on and you just... Oh, even Right? You're just like, man, what about that dress that you've always dreamed of having and now you get to put that on? That's the feeling. I've never felt that. Stay with me tonight. Stay with me tonight. The only way this is going to make sense if you actually listen tonight, Okay. What about that thing that you finally get to use that you work really, really hard for? Right? Yeah. It's that kind of feeling when you get to put on your new self. This is not new year, new me kind of message. This is not a self-love kind of message. It is living with Christ, which makes everything better. Does that make sense? Okay. 
I, I know that's a silly analogy, but you know, I've searched the entire globe to find a good fitting pair of jeans. I finally found them and there's nothing like it. It's like, great, I finally did it. And yeah, I know you guys are all looking at my jeans and yeah, how would you like me to stand so you can see them better? But at the end of the day, there's nothing like when you finally arrived in what you've always hoped for. Does that make sense? We all have hopes and dreams. Some of them are good. Some of them are evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First step of the have a problem is admitting if you have a problem. Okay. This is not AA. Hi, I'm Lex. Alrighty. Hi, Lex. Okay. So this is what uh, you know. It, 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 I, I want to talk about putting on your new self. Okay. As you remember, we talked about baptism last week and kind of redefining baptism in your, in your brain. Mm -hmm. Baptism is not just an outward display. That's uh, what everybody else wants you to believe. What it actually means is a new life with Christ. Okay? Putting on a new self is a new life with Christ. I could put on a new self all day long, but if it's not Christ-centered, it's an old self still. Yes. Okay? It's still fleshly. It's still going to die. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I want to talk about heaven tonight. I want to talk about making sure we arrive there. Every single person in this room, I want to make sure you arrive there. Okay. Cool. Good. Thanks, Lex. Um, golly. Wet wood tonight. Uh, <laughs> Putting on a new self is not obtained by my own might. It's only obtained by and strived for by the Holy Spirit's work in my life. Okay? Holy Spirit clothes us with newness. Holy Spirit does a work inside us and then it actually overflows out of us. The whole meaning of a life with Jesus is an inner work for an outward expression. Not an outward look for an inward expression. Does that make sense? It's not about how good I look. It's not about my actions. and It's not about how good of a person I am. Great. That'll only get you so far. It's still, I won't get there yet. Great. Thanks for being a good person. But there's more. A Jesus-centered life is actually a shift inside of me and an overflow out of me. It's not me getting myself all squared away first. Say that again. Why do you guys do this? Just listen to the podcast later. I don't remember what I say. All right? Um, so turn to Colossians 3 if you're not there. Yeah? Good. It's not just if I wear the right things and I look like a Christian. It's not just that I have a cross on my chest with a, on my necklace or a cross tattoo. You knew it was coming. You're, I, it's not just that. It's not just an outward expression of I'm Jesus follower, Christian boy. It's not that. It has to change your life completely. And it has to start from within. It has to start within my heart. And then it expresses out. All right? I can clothe a really good Jesus person. I can. I can make them look really, really Christian. But if nothing has changed inside, there's no change at all. It's just a different skin. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's just another thing to hide under. I'm going to get fired up tonight. Is that okay? Yeah. 
Cool. I'm probably going to offend you tonight. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Good. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't just wear the right things and call yourself a new me. It's not new year, new me. These are good in nature, but it's not what the Bible teaches. The whole chapter explains true Jesus living. I'm going to cut to this matter of calling yourself a Christian tonight. I'm going to cut right to the core of it because it offends me now. (laughs) Okay? And I want you to live after Jesus, not just being a Christian. Does that make sense? I know you may, oh, it makes me feel uneasy when you, okay, but get over it. It, That's what we're actually doing when we call ourselves Christians. We should actually be living a life with Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay. What else do I have to say before we start reading? I wrote a lot of notes tonight. Yeah. Putting on a new self by Jesus and looking at our fleshly desires and earthly desires as dead. We'll talk about that in a second. All right, let's just start reading. Verse 1 through 4. Ready? Verse 3. Or chapter 3. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, all right. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek... seek If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is actually hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears... Then you will also appear with Him in glory. Okay? Setting our minds on things above. What do you guys think that means? Yeah. Start thinking of heavenly things. Yes? Anybody else want to add something? Jesus. Heck yeah. It's the right answer. It really is. Don't make fun of it. Setting your mind on things above means putting heaven priorities... Heaven's priorities in daily practice. Daily practice. Okay? It also means concentrating on the eternal rather than the temporal. Philippians 4.9 reads, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Focus on these things. Practice these things. First Timothy, First Timothy 6.12 reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you were made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The best way I can describe this is if you're not comfortable with laying something at Jesus' feet, don't do that thing. Does that make sense? If I say, I'm going to go lie (laughs) to save my ass, and you think you can lay that at Jesus' feet, hey, don't do. Simple, yes? Very, very simple, yes? If I think I can take an action and I'm okay with saying, Jesus, I want to glorify you with this thing, I'm I'm going to lay this at your feet, right? 
Because he's the king, right? Yeah. There's nothing weird about laying something at a king's feet. Yeah? yeah? Okay? So if I make an action and I feel comfortable with laying at Jesus' feet, great. That's probably a good thing to do. But if it's a sinful thing and a fleshly thing, an earthly thing, don't do. Okay? Why? Because that's not an eternal perspective. It's not setting your mind on things that are above. It's actually setting your minds on, give me mine. Correct? Okay? Setting our minds on the things above is an eternal perspective at looking at life. Is this going to add to heaven? Is this going to make Jesus happy? Is this going to make the Lord smile? Is this going to glorify Him or is this going to glorify me? And like we were talking about earlier, Another way we could describe this is if a dove landed on your shoulder, how would you walk? Very, very carefully. Very carefully. You would revere to what that dove wanted. Correct? Does that make sense? Does that picture make sense? Yes. I think it's beautiful. If it doesn't make sense, whatever. Living from... Eternity is living with a display of Jesus. Right? Our goal is to be a projector at a movie theater, and all we should be projecting is Jesus. Correct? Like, that's the best way I can picture it right now, is I am this little projector, and I launch and make this big display of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not this big display of me. Not this big display of my sin. (laughs) Not this big display of what I like to do. But this big display of Jesus. Because that's what our purpose is, correct? Does that make sense tonight? In verse 3, it reads, For you have died. Hmm, this is weird. This is in the Bible. I'm going to die. Okay. That's not what it actually means. Okay. What this means is we should have as little desire for this world as a dead person would have. Can I put it differently? Does that make sense? If I desire things of this world or of my flesh, those things have to die because for I have died and Christ now lives within me. So I should have zero desire for any of those things. Did you hear me on that? I should have zero desire. I should have another word for desire, maybe struggle. I should have zero struggle for those things. I should not own those things. I should not possess those things. I should not get excited about those things because I have died to those things. Does that make sense? Because it's very, very important. Did you know I can't be alive in Christ and dead to the world? Uh, Hold on. I can't be alive in the world and alive in Christ at the same time. Did you know that? I can't be alive in my flesh and only want to gratify my flesh and be alive in Jesus at the same exact time. It actually is a kingdom split and divided. Right? It's that picture of an iceberg splitting. Which way are you going to go? Correct? There's going to come a point where you can't split that far. And if you can do the splits, it's still going to come to a point where your legs aren't that long. Okay? And you have to pick a side. You can't just say, well, I like, I like doing this for me, but I really like doing this for Jesus. Hey, you know how dumb you sound? Did you hear me? Did you know how dumb that sounded? 
oh, I love freaking um, undermining people, but I love loving people in Jesus. That doesn't make sense. You can't do it. Hey, that's what Christians do. <laughs> right? That's why, ooh, that's why hypocrisy is so toxic. That's why judgment is so toxic. It's because of that exact thing. I want to be in both worlds. But what you're actually doing is you're saying, no, 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 to Scripture and saying, I'm not going to set my things up on things above. And no, I'm not going to die to the things of my flesh. Right? That's what you're doing. You can't have both. And I'm telling you, you don't want both. I'm telling you, the one you want is eternal. And it's really, really pretty. And it's really, really good. And Jesus is there. He's there. I want to be where Jesus is. Oh, that's my next point. A Jesus, <laughs> a Jesus person's real home is where Jesus is. I'm sorry, this is not my home. It's not my home. This earth is not my home. I'm going to die. I am. Right? Unless, you know, some are holier than others, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm bringing it back, bro. <laughs> it never left. Okay, all right. What? Well, uh, yeah. Here, let me, let me just level the playing field for all of you guys who don't read your Bible. There, <laughs> there's, this, there's this story in Scripture where a man does just, he's so in union with the Lord where the Lord's just like, all right, you're closer to heaven than you are the earth, so I'm going to just rip you up. To heaven. Man. Yeah. <laughs> two people. So far. Two people. So, yeah. far. so, so far. far. <laughs> this gives a different perspective on life on earth, correct? If I want to inherit where Jesus has inherited, I live differently. If I don't live differently, I don't want to be with Jesus for eternity. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay? I, I will always give you the truth, and then I'll flip it on its head and still give it truth, but I'll say it a different way. Okay? Yeah? Okay. Perfect. All right. We must look at life through God's perspective and seek what He desires. Correct? Yes. Seek the kingdom of heaven first and His righteousness. His righteousness is what? Oh, man. What's His righteousness? Come on. Right living with Jesus. That's righteousness. Seek His kingdom first, and a.k.a. seek His kingdom first. That's what it's saying. That's what that scripture is saying. Seek His kingdom first, seek His kingdom first. Okay? That's all. It's a beautiful thing. At the end of the day, seek His kingdom first. How? By living rightly with Jesus. How? By spending time with Jesus. How? By building a relationship with Jesus. How? By prayer, fasting, praying, reading your scripture, all of these things. How? Do it. <laughs> cool? Thanks. I put a lot of thought into that one. Um, this will remove you from a materialism and making yourself your own God. When you seek something else, it takes your focus off of materialism and making you your own God. That's what self-care is, is making sure that I'm my own God. That's what self-love is, is making sure I'm my own God. The more we regard... 
The more we regard the world around us as God does, the more we will live in harmony with Him. Did you catch that? Okay, listen this time. The more we regard the world around us as God does, the more we will live in harmony with Him. We must become attached to God, not the temporary. We have to come attached to God, not the temporary. Do you understand that we're living in a temporary world right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us. <laughs> Why? Because my inheritance already started. That's right. Right? You guys just agreed with me because I have a microphone on. Right? No, my inheritance has started. My eternity has already started now. Yep. Why? Because I've laid my life down for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't all of a sudden become eternity when I die on the earth. No, I'm, I'm still eternal. I mean, eternal being. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, eternal being. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, and then it continues and says, For your life has been hidden with Christ. How? Because we're eternal being, right? Hidden means that we're concealed, that we're safe. That's what hidden means. This is not only a future hope, but an accomplished fact right now. Did you catch that? Yes, it's something that I can get excited for in my future, but it's actually a fact currently in my life, currently, right now. Christ gives us power to live for Him, And gives us hope for the future with Him. Hope. Glimpses. That's what hope means. Glimpses. And glimpses of a future with Him. How? Let me tell you. Because Holy Spirit activated life equals power, and miraculous life. And that is a glimpse of heaven. Watching somebody walk into a hospital room dead and then walk out completely alive. They walked in. Ah, sorry. You get my point, though. Right? Stuff happens. That stuff happens. Okay. We must he must become our lives for us to receive his life. Cool? cool. Any questions around that? Good. Verse 5 through 10. Put to death therefore what is earthly in you. What's earthly? Here's the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Covetousness is what? Yep, that's right. Also, a.k.a. probably jealousy. Okay, we can kind of lump those two together. If I idolize something in somebody else's life, I'm probably jealous of it. Okay, which is idolatry. Six, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these two... Sorry, and these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self 
I like the way he says that. Seeing that, <laughs> I love it. You get it? No? Yeah. Okay, if you don't, I'll explain it later. Uh, seeing that <laughs> you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Oh, isn't that just beautiful? It's just beautiful. Ah, it just feels good being talked. Yeah? Do you understand that? It just feels good being talked. It's like eating really good chicken. Okay. All right. So what's it? <laughs> Yeah, I like chicken. I like grilled chicken. That's fine. Grilled chicken. All right. So, yeah. Can I preach first? Okay. So, what's this actually saying? Consider yourself dead and unresponsive to what? Sexual immorality, impurity, evil desires, and greed. Hey, did you hear it? That's what dead means unresponsive, flatlined, has no authority, doesn't have a pulse. That is what should be dead in your life. Sexual immorality, impurity, evil desires, and greed. Just like diseased limbs on a tree. Right? If you look at a tree, it looks similar to this. Okay, if I got a diseased limb, I don't want that disease to spread to the rest of the tree. So what do I need to do? Cut it off. Cut it, off. it has to go away. That way the tree can re-blossom fruitfully, healthily, correct? Back in the day, when they assigned people the death sentence, they would actually tie a dead... This is crazy. They would actually tie a dead person to that person who was alive. What did this do? It caused them to slowly die. Why? Because attached was a dead thing to you. And it slowly caused them to die. That bacteria, the filth, the nastiness from the dead corpse that was tied to them slowly leaked into the life of that body it was tied to. That's how they did the death penalty back then. Sounds pretty pleasant, right? Sounds pretty smelly and smelly nice, yeah? No, that sounds awful. Do you understand that's actually what is happening inside of your body when you give life to sin? It doesn't just stay in one spot. It actually spreads. It manifests. And if I don't cut it off, I've got no shot. I have no shot on Judgment Day. Did you hear me? Yes. I, again, I want you guys to go to heaven. That's why I'm telling you this, okay? <laughs> I want that to be cut off. It has to be cut off. How? Jesus. Repentance and saying, Jesus, what do I need to get rid of? I was talking to a really good friend the other day. And he was like, man, I'm just, right now I'm just really struggling with anger. I was like, wow, you've been walking with the Lord. You run a ministry and you're struggling with anger, and you're, you're still noticing it. And I congratulated him for it. Let me tell you why. Because he was aware of it. Mm -hmm. And he said, will you pray for me so I can continue to walk without it? Mm -hmm. That is what a Jesus life looks like. Mm -hmm. Is I say, oh crap, there's a little bit of dead attached to me. I need to make sure I get rid of it fast. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm 
Those things should be unresponsive in our life. Unresponsive. They should be flatlined in our life. They shouldn't have any influence over our life. If we're alive in Christ. If we're alive in Christ. If I'm not fully alive in Christ, then I'm fully alive in my flesh. Did you hear me? If I'm not fully alive in Christ, I'm actually fully alive in my flesh. And I just think that Jesus is a bolt-on to my body. He's a new bumper to my car. He's new lights on my car. That's what a bolt-on is, right? If Chase were here, he would like, oh, that makes sense, right? <laughs> you, I, I just go to AutoZone, whatever. I go to AutoZone and I go buy some dope fender flares and I bolt them on. Unquote, yes? Get my point here? Jesus is not just a bolt-on. He's actually a restoration, right? He doesn't just make you look pretty on the outside. He actually... That's why I love Pimp My Ride back in the day. Yeah. Oh, dude, what a yeah. good show. Did you guys watch that or is that too old? Um, what, it's a great show. Exhibit. <laughs> oh, man. You guys don't even know who Exhibit is or else you'd be smiling. Oh, man. So they, what they would do is they'd take this piece of crap car that they'd have to push into the car in the, the car, car holder garage. And, <laughs> and then what they would do is they'd rip the guts out of it. They'd rip all the seats out of it. But I, what I loved about Pimp My Ride is they never threw anything away. They restored it. The ugly bench seats, they got rid of the old fabric and put new fabric on. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you get my point here? Yeah. Do you get my point? They took off the old and they put on the new, right? They took out the old engine and put in the new, mm-hmm. right? Why? Because the old engine leads to being broken down on the side of the road. The new engine lives lives to be like Lightning McQueen. Yeah? yeah. That's what be like Lightning McQueen. <laughs> right? That's like uh, you guys get my passion behind this. You get you get the truth behind this. Okay, good. <laughs> we have to make removal of anything that does not feed the Holy Spirit's activity. Yeah? Yep. Okay, I, did, I already talked about that. When we walk around, oh, I talked, yeah, here, I'll say it again. When we walk around in sin, it is truly death, and it will slowly grow like a bacteria and turn into a deeper death. That is why it is so important to cut off sins and the junk out of our lives by the means of repentance. What's repentance mean? Somebody define it. Say it with some confidence. Turning away from it and turning towards Jesus. Exactly. Yes, not a 360. (laughs) Like some of you guys do, you know? A lot of us do that 360. It's like, okay, I made it 180. It felt good now. (laughs) Right? Yeah, don't do. Don't do it. Side note. God forgives all of sin. He doesn't hold repentant sin against us. On Judgment Day, He will hold us accountable for sins that we never repented of. Do you understand that? Uh That's a very, very deep truth. He remembers everything. Or else He can't pay for it. Mm -hmm. You remember the things that you pay for. Yes? But, He doesn't hold you accountable 
for the things that you said, I am no longer going to do that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And remember, repentance only happens once. I can't repent every single day of the same sin. Again, don't do. Yeah? Okay. This is why in verse 6 it talks about the wrath of God. Paul thought it was necessary to talk about this because God does have wrath, especially to those who, who know the things that shouldn't be doing. And I'm sorry, you're in this meeting, you know the things that you shouldn't be doing because I'm reading them to you. Sorry. Got no excuse now. <laughs> he is a just God. He loves, yeah. I like to talk about that side more, but he's also very, very just. He also has wrath. Did you know Jesus saved us from God? Yep. Yep. Did you actually know that? He saved us from God's wrath. That's why Jesus had to come, to make a bridge, which we'll talk about in a little. Okay. What else? We have to remove evil practices and immorality from our lives and vocab. This only comes by committing our lives to Jesus. Yes? Paul was appealing to a commitment of the believers, and he made... Sorry. Yeah. Paul was appealing to the commitment of the believers that they had made and urging them to remain in Jesus. Okay? We have to be done with the old and on with the newness in Christ and new ways of living in the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is why Isaiah 43 is so beautiful. What does it say? Forty-three nineteen. What's it say? What's it say? Come on. Where are my people? Come on. I know what it says. Yeah. Forget about the old. I'm coming and doing a new thing. That's Isaiah 43, 19. Okay? Verse 9. It's an interesting verse. This is the one thing he isolates. He lists off all these things, and then in verse 9, he's... Uh, did I say 9? Yeah. It's, it is 9, right? right. Nine. Where is it? Right there, can't find. Oh, here it is. Do not lie to one another. He isolates the thing lying out. He isolates the sin of lying. Why? Huh? He's true. Yeah. Hey, that's good. It's truth. <laughs> what else? Lies of darkness, and he's pure. Yes. But so are the other ones, right? Why did he isolate this one lying? Yes. Yes. These are all lumped together, but he singles lying out. Why? Because lying actually disrupts unity. Lying actually disrupts trust. Lying tears down relationships. Lying can lead to conflict. Who's been lied to before? Yeah, how'd that relationship go? Still married? Oh, golly, what? Whoa, what? I've lied to you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Me. <laughs> okay. 
Lying can lead to a conflict, yes? That's why it's isolated. It, it, it divides, correct? This is why I hate being lied to. If you know me well, and you try to lie to me, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be really, really pissed. Why? Because I know it's a root and a scheme of the enemy, and it's actually trying to divide what's actually happening. Right? I hate it even more when it happens in these services. Right? It shows that you're trying to impress man and not God. That's the root of lying. I look for approval of man, not God. That's lying. Right? When you lie at school, it's because you want to be, right? You want to cover your bases so you're not getting any trouble with man. But actually, yeah, exactly. It's, it's ugly. It's a plague to relationships. It's a complete plague to relationships. It's disgusting. And it's a plague to churches. First, we have to understand this truth. This is beautiful. Ready? Your faith equals your conduct. Nobody re reacted to that. Why? Because it made you feel uneasy? Your faith equals your conduct. If I have this amount of faith, it's going to then influence the way I live. Correct? So, your conduct is equal to your amount of faith. Do you understand this? So, if you're still struggling, if you're still doing things of the flesh, you're lacking faith in that area. Right? If the, my outward expression of living is completely opposite to the way I want to live in Jesus, then that's your amount of faith. Does that make sense? I don't, I'm not much of an equation guy, but it's the best way I could do it for my equation people in the room. Right? It's the way I live my life represents the amount of faith I have in Jesus. If I am on fire for Christ in my exterior, in, in everything that I live, not just here on Thursdays, Tuesdays, Mondays, Saturdays, or whatever it is. But, how do I say it differently? Does it make sense? Am I making sense? Am I speaking your language tonight? Yeah. Tied to how much influence Jesus has over my life. Right? If I don't leave Jesus with much influence in my life, I'm going to live fleshly. Correct? Yes, correct. Your conduct, your, your faith equals your conduct. Or maybe I'll say it this way. Your lack of faith equals your conduct. Right? If you only have faith for this much. I'm going to pick on Blake for a second. I usually don't. But Blake, I, me and Blake were, or all of us were talking Monday night, and he said... Okay, well, I think we'll probably just have 50 people at Eve Eve. And I was like, 50? <laughs> right? Because, again, I, I love Blake. He won't get offended. You might get offended on behalf of him, but he's not going to. Because it's all Blake had faith for. Right? And then he heard everybody else start speaking up in the room. And he was like, well, maybe we could do 150. Why? Because his faith escalated. Right? It increased. Right? Because he had a different, you know, there's this guy named Lou Engel who is just one of the heroes of the faith that's alive right now. He sold his entire house, 
so that he could rent a stadium for a day. Yeah. He had a lot of faith. What was the stadium for? To fill with a bunch of people who love Jesus. And when did they open that day? 8 a.m. When did they shut down? 11 p.m. All they did was worship, pray. Worship, pray. Over and over and over again. That's the level of faith that man had. Sold his house, said, nah, that's cool. His wife was on board too. That's crazy, right? It's amazing, right? And we applaud that and we're like, oh man, that'll never be me. (laughs) Wait for it, right? Wait for it. I want that for everybody. I want one of you to come up and say, Lex, I have this dream. I'm like, great, let's make it happen, right? I want that for every single one of you. Ask Jaden. I've invested into him because he had a dream. Right? And I said, okay, I'll lay down. I'll, I'll lay down. I'll make it happen for you. Right? I'll buy into you. Right? There's other people I've done it for in this room. I said, hey, I'll make it happen. You have a dream? Great, let's do it. Let's achieve it. Right? This is a Jesus-centered, Jesus-filled life. And I say, Jesus, you can do whatever you want, and if you're calling me to this thing, I'm going to do it. The Lord always... Man, give me the word, Lord. When the Lord is about to do something impossible in your life, ah, yes, He always says, and I will be with you. Why does He say that? Because you can't do it on your own. He says, I will be with you. Right? When Gideon went to battle, he said, and I will be with you. When David went to Goliath, the Lord said, and I will be with you. Every single time, I will be with you. That's the Lord's prayer every single time over your life. He's always saying that over your life. He's saying, I'm calling you this crazy, crazy thing. And guess what? I will be with you. It's beautiful. You understand the weight of that. Right? He's never going to call you to anything impossible, just impossible for you to do on your own strength. Yes? Cool. If you follow Jesus, act like it. Hey, PSA. Dun, dun, dun. If you follow Jesus, act like it. If you believe in Him, act like it. To follow Jesus more means more than just good resolutions or good intentions. It means taking right actions. Correct? The word faith is actually a verb and it means action. Belief tied to action. It's not just trust. It's a belief tied with action. It's as simple and straightforward as putting on clothes in the morning. It is. Saying, Jesus, I'm going to pick up this cross and I'm going to clothe myself. Great. Now walk in it completely for the rest of the day. When we live a life with Jesus, we're always being trained by the way of Jesus. We have never arrived with living with Jesus. 
It's a lifelong training with Him. There's no justification for just drifting along in Jesus. But there is an incentive to find the riches of living with Him. Isn't that cool? I love that. Whatever. All right. How are we doing? Nine. You guys okay? You need to leave. Bless you. Be quiet, though, okay? 11 through 17. I love you guys. All right. 11 through 17. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Good news? Good. Verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness and humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through Him. Good news, yeah? So Paul maps out how to live day by day with Jesus. Ready? Imitate Christ's compassion and His forgiving stance. Yes? Let love guide your life, most importantly. Yes? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Always be thankful. Keep the Word of God in your heart and live as Jesus Christ's representative. That's it. I know that sounds very intimidating if you're not walking in it. But actually, how is by walking with Jesus. All of those are byproducts. Jesus didn't, Paul did not list those off to make a checkbox for day by day. He's actually just proclaiming the byproduct of what it means to walk with Jesus. Right? Yeah. Do you understand that truth? I can't pull out my little notebook every single day and say, okay, cool, I've done that one, 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 and great. What's that actually sound like? Religion. Religion. Yeah? Right? But all of those things are a byproduct of living with Jesus. Right? If I try to check them off, I'm doing it on my own might. If I live with Jesus, they actually just happen on their own will. Right? Cool. Does that make sense? I want to touch on a couple of these. Forgiving. The key to forgiveness is the, is the reminder of how much the Lord has forgiven you. If we remember the level of forgiveness, we can for, if, we remember, if we remember that level of forgiveness... We can forgive wrongs done to us. Who has an unforgiveness? uh, Sorry, who has unforgiveness in this room right now? Come on, raise your hand. It's okay. Great. Give it to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Don't hold it against them. They don't know what they're doing. Right? They really don't know what they're doing. Maybe they are evil people. (laughs) Whatever. Still forgive them. Remember, Jesus died for the people who pinned nails through his hands as well. He forgave those people as well. Don't lose sight of that. Okay? If you lose sight of that, you'll never forgive anybody. Okay? Jesus died and forgave Judas. Who's Judas? He's the guy who actually said, here's Jesus for the crucifixion. Right? It was just Judas not allowing himself to walk in that forgiveness, which then led to disaster. Does that make sense? Cool. That's the one I'm going to touch on. We're going to keep going. What we have to understand about Jesus is that he breaks walls down and brings unity and offers us freedom. Okay? Jesus died for a lot more than our sins. Correct? If Jesus died for just your sins, then he is truly a genie in a bottle for your life. And I'm sorry you're misusing my Savior. And don't do. Jesus died more for our lives. Jesus died more to be a bridge, not a wall. Correct? Jesus builds bridges, not walls. I know that's a very basic truth. Don't make fun of me, but it's the best way I can put it. He builds bridges, not walls. Nobody is exempt from the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear that? Even your worst enemy, he's not exempt. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you have a worst enemy? Man, I'd love to meet him. (laughs) And if it inhibits you from coming, great. I would rather him be here because of your unforgiven heart. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, sorry to be a little harsh, but hey, they need Jesus and you're not modeling it for them. So, let me. Okay? Get it out of there. It's a disease. Because what's unforgiveness lead to? Grudges. I don't know. What's the progression? Unforgiveness. Yeah. He's going straight to it, man. Throwing the dagger, baby. No. What? What is it? It leads to a lot of... It's a ripple, right? It leads to a grudge. It leads to hate. It leads to... It leads to... It leads to... Not death for them for you. You understand that? Okay. No one is too far gone for Jesus. If he can save Paul, he can save you. Paul was killing Christians. His life turned completely around and now he's getting people to be Christians. <laughs> and I can say that I can say that I meant something with Paul. <laughs> Now we're trying to redefine it. <laughs> okay? Ephesians 2, 14 through 15 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh and building a wall, has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself a new man in place of the two and making, pay, and making peace. Okay? Make sense? In verse 17, 
Do all you can in the name of Jesus. This is a reminder for us to live from eternity, not in flesh. This keeps us in step with laying things at Jesus' feet for His glory, not our own. Okay? We have to cut off the dead things in our lives. I want you to take three seconds, because I know there's things already surfaced in your lives that you need to get rid of. I know it's already there. Okay? I want you to take three seconds in, in your notebook, in your phone, on your skin, whatever it might be, write those three things down. Write them down. Those three things that you need to get rid of. The three things that are actually going to become a disease in your life. <laughs> he already did. He's on it. Write the three down. If you have already written three, write three more. We have to get, get gone of these things, Yes? Anger, wrath, all of these things. Insecurity. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> yeah, now everybody tell me. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I've already got my own junk. I don't need yours too. <laughs> all right, now... Do you got them written down? Everybody good? Yeah. You're struggling, man. You didn't listen to the message tonight. Okay? You got three? Nine. Nine? Good boy. Yeah. Because the cool thing is, if he's got nine, he's actually going to get rid of nine. Yeah, Jaden? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, that's good. If you have more than three, get alone tonight in your bedroom. Get rid of them. Okay? They are a disease. I am giving you a cure tonight. And that cure is Jesus. He can get rid of them. Right? I am giving you the greatest cure. I'm telling you about the greatest cure of your entire life. How to get rid of the most toxic disease of your entire life. Not just walk in it. Alright? Those three things, if you add more, if you have more, write them down. Make this a practice in your life. If there's dead things attached to you, if there's dead things in you, Make sure that we're getting rid of them completely yeah. by the name of Jesus. <laughs> Could say something really weird right now. Should I? Yes. yes. I want you to rebuke the dead things out of you tonight. Straight up. They're dead. I want you to when you speak the name of Jesus, what actually happens is life. Right? The, the beautiful thing about Paul's story on, in Acts 9 is that he was going to Damascus to kill Christians. What actually happened is the Lord encountered him, and then he still went to Damascus, but encouraged Christians. <laughs> okay? That's what the Lord's work looks like. You're going one place... But he's going to make it new, just like Pimp My Ride did. It's ugly in first, right? <laughs> it's ugly first. And then when Jesus gets a hold of it, he's going to make it new. Right? He makes all things to work together for our good by newness. Yes? Right? And they are our good. 
Why? Because we get to walk with Jesus. Right? That's a verse in the Bible, just in case you didn't know. He does that. He takes the old things that lead to death and makes them life-breathing. That's who he is. He's a great exchanger. Right? Do we know this truth tonight? Yes. Have I communicated this ex- excitingly enough for you guys all to stay awake tonight? Like, I want this for you guys. This is really big. You know? It would suck for any of us have to... Uh, the, this is the picture the Lord gave me a long time ago um, when I first started in ministry was me walking through heaven and seeing name tags on rooms but them being empty. And that's why I'm in ministry today if you, if you didn't know that. And them being empty. And then people's names that I knew. You know, people's, people's names that... <laughs> People's names that I've even ministered to, right? Friends' names, you know, families' names. Like that's, the, that's, a, that's a picture from the Lord that He gave me to launch me into ministry. I don't want to go through that. I don't want that. Especially you guys in this room. You guys are near and dear to my heart. I would never want to walk next to a tag that says your name and it be empty. Because there's a place for you in heaven. Do you know that? There's a beautiful, beautiful place for you in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's more than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever dream of, more than you could ever think of, smell of, taste of. Do you understand this? Yes. Jesus died so that you could inherit that place. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for your room to be occupied by you. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense tonight? Mm-hmm. I want you to have that perspective as you walk through life. Not out of guilt. I think sometimes you guys confuse guilt for conviction, <laughs> which you guys need to work on, okay? If you feel guilty, uh, that's from the devil. If you feel conviction, it's actually from Holy Spirit. Did you hear me tonight? Yes. Okay? Yeah, I can make anything from the Lord make me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. But I can also take it as a conviction and say, I'm going to move on from that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's make sure we're not blurring. I'm not sharing this out of guilt. I'm sharing this out of a conviction of my heart to hopefully spread it to a conviction of your heart. Alrighty? Yeah. I want full rooms at heaven. I, I, I love hearing the praises of all of us in this room. I love stepping back and listening. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? Can you? Maybe, what to, maybe tonight was overwhelming for you. Hey, If it is, sorry, you just got a glimpse of heaven and heaven might be really overwhelming to you. Good. It's a good thing. It's going to be full of glory. It's going to be chaos. But the best chaos you've ever experienced. Does that make sense? When we worship, we join angels. That's what heaven is. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on, you know. That's like so beautiful. I want to worship with angels. Like next to them. You know? Oh my gosh, can you just imagine that? And the Father actually being right in front of me? You know, Him be actually like being in front of me and not. And Jesus being there right next to Him? Don't you guys want to see that? Oh man, it's beautiful. We get a glimpse of that. 
when we sing, we see your face, Mm -hmm. we've only seen just the backside of him where he walked. But when we're in heaven, we can handle that glory and we actually get to lay eyes on him. (laughs) You understand the weight of that? Mm -hmm. You have access to that. What do you have to do? Die to yourself. Say yes to Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's all he asks of us. He did so much for us. And all he says is, hey, just live with me. That's all. Do you want a life on fire for Jesus? Answer me. Do you want a life on fire for Jesus? If you don't, ask the Lord why you don't have that hunger. Because just the picture of getting to worship God for the rest of my life and singing that one song that the angels sing that it accounts in Revelation 4, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come forever and ever. Amen. I will never get sick of singing that. That's it. Jesus went through hell. And all he says is, lay your life down for me. Right? That's all he asks. Lay your life down for me. I'm sorry if you think that you have such a great life and it's not worthy of Jesus. Man, I don't know what great life you think is. It's the life I had before Jesus was a living hell. Right? Yeah. I like. It. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, well, <laughs> no, come on! You get my point, though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I offended you. That's what it took. Jeez, all of the things I said tonight, and that offends you. She was. No, like seriously. At the end of the day, my life before Jesus. All I wanted to do was die. But then I had a reason to die, and it was for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's right? It's all he asks of you. Who wants to do it tonight? Right? It's all he asks. It's, I just want you. Mm-hmm. That's all he's saying to you tonight. I just want you. Mm-hmm. I just want you. Just like we sing tonight. All I need is you. You're all I want. He's singing that over you too. Do you understand that? You know the Father actually sings over us? Isn't that a beautiful picture? Man. It's just beautiful. All he says is, I want communion with you, Lex. I don't know how to say it any other differently. I feel like everybody should be crying in this room right now. Just the tenderness of the Father. Say, all I want is you, Ashton. That's it. All I want is you, Addie. And the big smile on his face. All I want is you.
what this actually turns into is your one desire is Jesus. Your one desire turns into Jesus. I take this very seriously, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> I take Jesus very seriously, if you haven't noticed. He's everything to me. I'm nothing without him. Is he everything to you? I know I've not arrived. But I'm really, really hungry for him. He's all I want to eat. He's all I want to thirst for. Because everything's tied up in him. Everything. It says it in that scripture that we just read. Everything is in Christ and in all. Yes? Mm -hmm. That's what it read. Did you read it with me? Mm -hmm. He's everything. Everything that's good and pure and beautiful. and Right? I just want to leave space. I'm going to pray over you guys. And then I just want to leave space. If you need to go, great. Love you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm declaring that. I'll see you next week. But I want to leave some space. I want to leave some space tonight for you and the Lord. All right? I'd be doing a disservice if I tried to shut this down right now. I, li I really feel like the Lord wants to do something. I know He wants to do something to me, so don't disturb me, okay? Okay? okay. And I'm going to not disturb you either. Okay? Mm -hmm. But right now, I want to leave some space for you just to be with the Lord. I'm going to pray over you and then just be with the Lord. Ask Him, hey, are you actually real? Because when you discover that Jesus is actually real, oh my gosh, get ready. Right? When you discover that Holy Spirit actually wants to live in you, the greatest mystery that I still don't understand, then you'll be like, okay, sign me up. Right? All right. Hold your hands out as if you're receiving something. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room that they would fall in love with you again. Not just partially, not just halfway, but completely. Lord, I just pray for a deeper hunger in this room. deeper hunger of who you are, Jesus. So we can have all of you, Lord. And that the dead things in us would be gone because of you. Because where you reside, it brings life. Jesus, I'm in love with you.
would you be the only thing that satisfies me for the rest of my life? And Jesus, I can't wait for the day that I get to worship face-to-face with you. That I get to stare at you while I worship. to be with you. Lord, I just pray for a whole other level of anointing so that we would set our, lie, or set our minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are temporal, not on the things that we think are good for me, but just you, Jesus. Just you, Jesus. We would just dwell, dwell, dwell with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just take a little. Just be with the Lord. Write down everything that he's speaking to you. Again, if you need to go, I love you. I bless you. I'll see you next week. And please exit quietly. Just be with the Lord.